The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, look, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. And that's where we'd like the reading to stop. (laughs) And yet, sadly, it does not. There's a couple more verses, and you'll get the sadly part in a second here. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. So I wanted to show you guys something. Something I printed out this morning. Who can tell me what this is? It's an envelope. Close. Close. It's a card. It is. It's a specific kind of card. What do you guys think? What is it? It's a what? It kind of looks like a certificate, doesn't it? It's an invitation. It's an invitation for a wedding. Have any of you guys ever been to a wedding? Yeah. And did you just kind of, when you go to a wedding, do you just kind of roll out of bed and just kind of show up there in your pajamas and your hair going all over the place? No? You don't? Do you usually make a point to kind of think about dressing up a little bit and maybe your parents are, maybe might get you a special outfit even to wear to the wedding? It's something, it's a, it's a big honor and a privilege, right? So we dress up nice. Well, in the story that we heard today, we hear that God is extending us an invitation to be a part of God's big party. And it's a cool thing, and it's something that we want to be involved in in a way that causes us to get up in the morning and think about how we want to act towards God. And it's not something that we just roll out of bed and do whatever, but it's kind of a special thing, an honor. And God is calling us to live our lives like it is an honor. So we're going to close with a prayer. Can you guys fold your hands for me? Perfect. Gracious God, we thank you that you continue to invite all of us. 
We ask that you would work in our hearts that we respond to that invitation with joy. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we don't always respond to your invitation in the ways that we should. We ask that you would open our hearts, that we might turn towards you with joy and anticipation. Amen. So those of you who maybe aren't familiar with the Lutheran tradition, like a lot of traditions, we have readings that we read on certain Sundays. In fact, every week we've got an assigned set of readings. And in the Lutheran church here this morning, you're going to hear these readings If you attended the Roman Catholic Church this morning, the Episcopal Church, the Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, and any number of other churches, you would have heard the same set of readings today. And so you might have heard me in the middle of the Gospel text say, this is where I'd like to stop. (laughs) But the reason that we have these assigned readings is it encourages us to think and reflect on passages that If it was left up to us, we would probably physically cut out of the Bible and leave on the side. And yet, awkwardly, it's still there. And so I think it's good that we wrestle with these texts from time to time. Because they're not always easy for us. They can be very challenging. And when we look at the text that we have for today in particular, we hear a lot of about anger. We've got the Old Testament reading where we have kind of the classic image of everybody gathering up all their jewelry and other things like that and melting it all down and creating this golden calf to worship because it was slow in the camp or something. I don't know exactly why. Vicar Iver at Tech Study this last week showed us a photo that he had found online of a whole group of people laying their hands and praying on the big golden bull at Wall Street. It's an oddly reminiscent image of our gold poured together. It's interesting the way that text unfolds because we get this great passage here where God is often talking about these people that I brought out of Egypt, these people that, that I have followed and treasured and worked for. That's not who they are today. Today, as God talks to Moses, so these people that you brought out of Egypt, yeah, your people that I have nothing to do with at all are being a big problem and something's going to have to be done. Now we get this amazing text and it's echoed in the gospel reading. We hear about this king whose son is getting married. Kind of a big deal. There was a wedding not too long ago, right? that a couple of the media outlets seem to latch on to. The son of a queen getting married, kind of a big deal. I don't know how much a ticket to that event would have been worth, but certainly those who received one would have considered it an honor, a privilege to be present. Oh, that's not how this story goes. In this story, we hear about the slaves being sent out to remind everybody who has already been invited, that this huge party is happening. It's time to come. And they say, well, you know, I have a lot of grass in the backyard that I have to watch closely to make sure 
nothing happens. Some went off to their businesses, others to their farms, but there is no sense of the honor that is being bestowed on them. And so then we hear this kind of awful story of the king losing his cool, sending out the troops, and clearly another round of invitations then are necessary. And then that's the part of the story we like, right? The slaves go out into the streets and bring in everyone, both the good and the bad, and they all lived happily ever after the end. Except it keeps on going at that point. The good and the bad are brought in, but there's an interesting piece in the story here. The good and the bad are brought in, but there is still an expectation. Now, I know at least in ninth grade, you're spending some time right now talking about Martin Luther and the Reformation, and our favorite topic is the word grace. And so we like to stop the story at that point, where the good and the bad are in, and everybody has a great time, the food is excellent, and they stayed late into the night. That's how we like it. But then we get this Matthew kind of ending. There's a good friend of mine that I worked at camp with many, many years ago. She was my supervisor. And in the years in between, she's done any number of other things, including a couple years ago finishing seminary. And on Facebook, she posted last week, I am weary of the good news, according to Matthew. (laughs) There are many of us weary of the good news, according to Matthew. But I think there is an important point in the text here. The assumption when we read Luke's passage of this is that they just start grabbing people off the street and hauling them in. Rags, bad hair, pajamas, whatever... They're all hauled in and everybody has a great time. The assumption here is the exact opposite. The assumption here is that when people who never expected to get an invitation are given one, they are floored. They drop everything they're doing. They spend as much time as they can, careful to not be late, to make sure that their hair is great. They've put on their best wedding robe. They've done everything they can to respond to this privilege and honor unexpectedly given to them. This is huge. Their entire lives are going to be reworked around this. Except for the one guy. (laughs) Except for the one guy. There's that great scene where the king goes up, and I kind of picture him putting his arm around this guy. And then at this point, at least at our house, we would say, this is where the danger music starts. Friend... When the king calls you friend, and you're not friends, (laughs) not a good sign. You're here, and this is what you're wearing? Now, I think we could leap to this sense that God has high standards for how we dress. 
But I don't think that's necessarily what we ought to be taking out of this text. My strong sense is that the rendering of this text is best when we understand that God expects that our lives are different when hospitality has been extended to us, when grace has been given to us, when we didn't deserve it, and when we didn't expect it. It's a point in time when everything gets dropped so that we might take time to properly respond to this honor that has been given to us. As we gather in this worship space, getting ready to celebrate with the Son of the King at the feast, we're mindful that we walk past the waters of the baptismal font that mark us as members of the party that is being thrown. And this isn't maybe marked, although that's the language that we use but the invitation has been extended to all of us in those waters. As we come in, as we wake up every day, we're not rolling out of bed every day thinking, yes, what an honor, what a privilege. But Luther reminds us that daily we should be getting up, making the sign of the cross, mindful of our baptism, remembering that It is a privilege, a joy, and an honor. The grace and lengths that Christ went to on our behalf. And that we should respond at our best to meet in kind. So, these texts that make us uneasy, I think it makes us mindful of two things. God always invites And God always invites everyone once, twice, three times, and more. The invitation is always extended. And that the call for us is simply to respond with joy to that honor. Amen.